After you all, what time? You still don't know when the mic is muted. I, I do. It's I sad. just forget to tr- turn it back on. It's so sad. It's not that sad. Listen, you know who it wouldn't have made a difference for if the mic was muted? Emma Stone. Or Ryan Gosling. <laughs> we now take you live to their performance. City of Stars. <laughs> It reminds me of music and lyrics when he's telling her to, when, when Drew Barrymore's like singing in her, he's like, is that an elf singing? Oh, and, God. <laughs> or something stupid like that. That entire movie is stupid. It's so good. It's very bad. Love autopsy. God. <laughs> I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Viewing. For the first time in what feels like honestly forever... For the first time in forever... We have a working mic. And now we're going to stop singing that because I don't want Disney to sue us. It's parody. Kristen wouldn't let that happen Very useless. She would. (gasps) Kristen's about that money. She's got that dough. Kristen's about that money. It's Home Viewing! It's, it's a podcast where we watch every movie. From A to Z. Exactly. From About Time to Zombieland. We haven't said that in a while. I wanted to say it again. Yeah, you can go back and check out from the beginning. Yes. Because we we're um, almost halfway through this adventure. Are we? What What is the midpoint I don't think we'll alphabet? ever be done. But <laughs> we'll just keep adding. Well, the thing is, because we're going to get through and then we're going to realize, oh, look and at all one the movies day, that we've bought since we finished the alphabet. One day Time we'll to go back do and watch those two. Black Swan. Speaking it into existence. You're speaking it into existence. Well, this week we did another Best Picture nominated film that did end up winning Best Actress for the Lead Actress in it. And that film is... La La Land. <laughs> okay, we're going to refrain from singing a lot in this episode because we're not a singing podcast, are we? We watched this movie about two weeks ago, so it might be a short episode. But we're going to you talk a lot not, about it because I've listened here's, to here's the magic the of the podcast a bunch of times. Listen, listen to me here. We don't have to tell them how long it's been. Listen, listeners, wouldn't you like it if have we you, just told you we watched it yesterday? Have you ever known me not to be too honest? I think it's a Catholic thing. It, it might be a Catholic thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I know. don't enjoy it. This movie isn't a Catholic thing. This no. movie is a jazz. jazz <laughs> Except it's not. Not jazz. <laughs> it's oh, I really love Coltrane and Miles Davis. It's it's old jazz. It's someone who never got over and despite the 60s, it all, even we though he still, wasn't born yet, we still love it. We do really like this movie. I'm so glad it didn't win Best Picture because Moonlight deserved it, but God, we really do like this movie. It's basically like the non-communist version of Hail Caesar. It's 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 an LA, it's an LA flick, but it's set in present day yeah. while romanticizing the time old Hollywood. Yeah, old Hollywood. It's which can you blame them? It's kind of interesting because it's certainly, and I haven't. I'm going to preface this now. I've never seen Damien Chazelle's first movie. What is it? Uh, the, I, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's the one with J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller with the jazz drumming. You know, and and, and like Miles Teller's the jazz drummer. Listen, I'm going to see if I get Damien Chazelle first movie. Let's do this. Technology, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, auto, it autom- automatically filled in Damien Chazelle first man, which is another very good movie and a good Ryan Gosling performance. Whiplash. Whiplash is the name of the first movie. You haven't seen Whiplash either? I haven't seen Whiplash, no. If anyone wants to send us Whiplash. We can cover it in the W's. <laughs> I do want to see it at some point. But it's interesting because this is absolutely a movie that's just interacting with, intersecting with Damien Chazelle's personal interests, for sure. He's like, I wanted to make a love story. I wanted to make a musical. And I wanted to be about jazz. And I wanted to be about Hollywood. It's like one guy's personal letter of nostalgia 
you know? Yeah, and that's and about a common fo- thing. It's about following your dreams. I guess. It is, but in like the most uh, milquetoast white way possible. Blue. This is a movie that we love and hate at the same time. <laughs> We're I think not going to be able to separate the good and the bad in this episode, so I'm just going to apologize now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be word vomit of, both. God, this is so cheesy and bad, and I loved it so much, you know? One thing I think they really got right, though, is that well i'm actually not an actor so i guess i can't really say that i know that they got this right but from what i can tell the whole acting like um audition thing seemed really spot on i don't know if it was right but i think like you said we can't judge if it's right but we can judge how it feels and it you really feel it when she's in there and there are like 20 other women who look kind of like her with varying shades of red she gets there and you're like she's really trying and then like they cut to like her leaving and you i guess the idea is like you're still like oh wow why didn't she get it and you see all people like perfectly dressed in the outfit they're supposed to be wearing and they all look like her and you're like well they're by the 20th person they're probably just not interested unless it's exactly what they're looking for exactly and i think that's kind of the point is it's saying it's saying like you're not special even though you are special in a way because yeah like, that's what the opening monta- opening song really is. We never see any of those characters again, and they're all like, we all came here pursuing our dream, and we're probably never actually going to get it. But, you know, we're still reaching for the heights and chasing all the lights that blind. And when we hit the ground... What? It's another day of sun. Are those the lyrics? Yes. Oh, my God. That's the... that's the. That's... We watched this with captions, too? There were... Where didn't we? I think we did, yeah. I was going to say, I hope I'm not imagining. <laughs> there are words in this movie that I had never known before. <laughs> because, and this this is where you come into some conflict. We come into some conflict, I think. If you're going to make a musical movie, make it where people can hear what you're singing. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. It's a more naturalistic performance. The no, idea, it's not. But the idea of it is that these are people who are trying to make it, but they haven't made it yet. They haven't found their voices yet, so they're not going to be singing as loud as possible. Oh they're still struggling God. and trying to get there, which is why in the audition okay. song, Emma gets to finally belt. But also, on a highway ramp, wouldn't you get some echoing? Because it's like a wall of concrete, person not that tall. Like, you think the sound would be kind of warm, right? Listen, if you want... I, I mean... Here's the thing. This this is a thing that has divided old school singing people and like people who are like classically trained <laughs> or like music and like like older musical theater and then people who are like into like film. This is You've got to evolve I say, with the time. Even from a film perspective, the vocals are mixed too low. You can have them sing like yeah. breathy and quiet, but you can still have them mixed a little higher or at least mix the instruments like down so that you can be able to understand it. It's not, purposely obscured, yeah. but it doesn't have to be as obscured as it was. Okay, you said you listened to the vinyl that we have. It's it's mixed a little higher than the movie. Is it? But it's not still it's Or still do you not think perfect. it's because you don't it's have any breathy. of the noise of the like filming? I think well, Do you think that's no, part of it? No, because... they were outside, right? They were outside. And then they're layering the outside noise. when they film noise. something like that, they record it before, and then they lip sync. They sync it. So they didn't They didn't have any outside... Wouldn't have had any outside noise. It's a track over... You sure? Over the film. Because you can hear, like... I don't know. I think they mixed in some Foley, maybe, or, like, mixed in some, like, field recordings of cars driving by, perhaps. But it's it sounded, like, almost the same mix as it was in the movie, if I'm being completely honest. And this is this is something that's interesting. Because you hear that with the people on the highway, and then the next song you get that's not, you know, just the the repeated riff that God. Ryan Gosling's practicing in his Since we've started this podcast, I've been hearing that in my head. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just what you do when you practice. Well, like, I, I, I loved that because it really, like, actually, it was so relatable because we both took music lessons we both practiced you don't even know like it's just like the si- you you have to do the same riff over were and you, over were you giving like two bars of something and had to do it a hundred times before your next lesson oh absolutely that's that was basically lunch my, my lunch in orchestra class was just like me doing the same fingerings over and over on the bass you know like oh 
But I mean, ten years, like over ten years of that, and you just go like nutso. <laughs> but it's because you're trying to master a very specific yeah, technique, but it's really which is cool. clearly what Gosling's character Seb was trying to do at that point. But him practicing the car is so cute. <laughs> it, he, oh yeah. And then he like, because at first you don't really get why he's rewinding the tape, because you, you you just see him in the car. Mm-hmm. And he's like, bum, 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 and you hear, him, and then you see his fingers. Yeah, yeah. And you realize he's practicing. Exactly. It's very cute. Oh man. And I think that's the first, that's our introduction to that character. Yeah. It's like, after that, everyone gets back in their car and then we zoom out onto the line of cars and we hear the piano riff <laughs> as we're moving, the camera is moving through all the cars. Like, oh, uh, I love the visual language of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then he tells, then he gets behind Emma and she's and not she, moving. Because and he, she's uh, she's practicing her audition. Yeah. She's practicing her lines. And she picks up her script to check it. And then the car in front of her starts moving. <laughs> like, and I can relate to both of these people. I can relate to people. that because it felt like, because let me let me be honest. LA says they got traffic. LA says I'm pretty sure they do. They do, but do they have Atlanta traffic? Though? I think so. I don't know. I I've talked to people in LA about what my commute to Roswell was like and they were well, like, Oh my god. Mm, but that depends on where they're located exactly. in their city too. Exactly. It's probably, I'm going to guess it's the same. Probably about the same, yeah. There's no way, because LA is so populous. It, it, it is funny, though, because there have been, like, people keeping track of, like, what the commutes look like in articles, and I think Atlanta did, like, on average rank higher than It was, LA. like, third or something. Yeah, it's... It's, it's bad. It's very bad here. <laughs> Move here. <laughs> Please do, actually. Move here and then vote for public transit expansions. And other things. Exactly. Blue, blue things. Perhaps Ribbons. turn turn the state blue with us, perhaps. Anyway, so um, after... I, 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 I don't want to go through like every single shot of the movie, though. Cause, like, yeah, we do. Because they're all so Okay, good. but what about... Okay, another cool thing is the colors, right? You love the colors in this movie, and it's established from that first scene on the highway. Yeah, everyone's wearing these really bright primaries, and the and cars we, aren't like wacko colors, but they're also kind of like bright yeah. and happy, or, or or even like stylized. I think about uh, the it's like a maroon car that Ryan Gosling's driving, and he's driving this old school car. Yeah, from like the, the he 70s likes or jazz, 80s. which is apparently old. It's his, even it's though he's got new jazz. Yeah, the thing, uh, <laughs> and she's got a Prius. <laughs> Because don't we all want a Prius? I mean, we kind of do, but hers has a green ribbon on the key. <laughs> because she's because she's special. She's different from all the other actresses in L.A. Well, there, yeah. See, there are a few moments where they make fun of L.A. too. Oh, like that. well, the entire movie is making fun of yeah. L.A., which is why a lot of people saw it as such Oscar bait, because it was catering so specifically yeah. to an L.A. crowd. But it makes fun of L.A. in the broad scopes that everyone makes fun of L.A. with, while also, like, valorizing it and, like, romanticizing it in some ways which is uh, this is this is what creates the conflict about jazz for me because if you're gonna make a movie about jazz set it i mean sure there's jazz in la there's jazz in like every city but like why not set it in new york or new orleans you know well because they even mentioned jazz started in new orleans in flop house in new orleans <laughs> these people didn't know how to talk to each other this the whitest dude in the world i'm like um, actually story. people had enough time to learn other languages then <laughs> So, I don't think that's exactly well, true. music is a universal language, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm I'm going to, like, for everything that I find that I love about this movie, I'm going to find something that I hate about this movie. Well, the, the funniest thing about this whole jazz situation is they pretend like there's two kinds of jazz. Old jazz and, and new jazz, when really there's, like, ten other genres of jazz that a, I could think of off the top so of my head. There's so much different... <laughs> and then there's jazz that... Rolls over into blues sometimes, like yeah. what we listen to on H. Johnson on a. Uh, and then WWE. there's my uncle Stefan. Stefan Rumbel, hot <laughs> hot club jazz with the guitar. I oh. hope he never hears that I call him my French uncle because you're like, what the. <laughs> Mon oncle Stefan. <laughs> like, who's this weird person on the internet? <laughs> but it's um. But ja- I mean, jazz the... is about bringing people together. But then uh, let's so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that with Seb, let's also talk about Emma's introduction to Hollywood and valorization of she's got the giant like Ingrid Bergman in her room, you know, the on, on uh-huh. the wall. She's very much in love with these old white Hollywood yeah, stars. It's, of course. This is a very white movie. Oh. It's yeah, I think one, one roommate of color and then John Legend is black. 
And that's... Is anyone else in the jazz band, Black? Um, I think maybe. There's the jazz band that plays... There, yes, they're, and they're all Black. And then there's the there. Couple, but, but of speaking characters, there, yeah. are, t- there are two speaking two. characters of color. Bad. Absolutely bad. Not, not well done, friends. No. I feel like he made up for it a little bit in First Man when he had Whitey's on the moon playing while they were... Man. Mm, like, acknowledging, like, yeah, this is something that was happening at the time. And as much as I love the space race, like, it's got a valid point. Yeah, exactly. I think I'd be mad, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I still am a little mad. Because it was, it was just about military technology, mm-hmm. if we really get down to it. It's also funny, there's there's something... Oh, we're, this isn't about this movie. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll watch First Man. Who knows? <sighs> um, But... And this... Mm, is this movie maybe just like an empty shell that's throwing a bunch of stuff that we but like it's, visually? It's the prettiest empty shell I've ever seen. Yeah. And like, I still do... Uh, when, when he isn't there, that gets me every time i can like feel the heartbreak yeah you know? like i think why that's the thing. wouldn't you it leave is, it is a believable emotional arc like it's if if you look at it just not as a story about la but a story about a relationship mm-hmm. with people who are like pursuing their own things and trying to make it work you kind of like do want them to succeed especially because you see emma in those awful conversations with the other people that she's talking to the uh the uh, the guy at the party who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm known for my world building. Oh my God. Or, like the three bears. We don't know what was happening. Was there a fourth bear? <laughs> it's such an effective parody <laughs> of the way that like the reboot people think. Well, after seeing that witch's trailer, <laughs> it really, that really hits well. It does hit, doesn't it? Because they're always trying to fit, think of some cool new kids movie. Like... <laughs> Because that's the other genre of movie. Mm-hmm. I, I like, uh, we were, we came all this way just talking about the mixing of the vocals and I didn't even get to make the point that I was trying to make, which is that the people who sing it the most reasonably mixed are her roommates because her roommates, and I'm telling you, this is a symbolic thing. <sighs> her roommates have found their niche in LA. They are comfortable where she's not. They're all ready to go to the Christmas party and trying to get her to come out. And they're like, listen, this is just part of the hustle. You've got to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're right. They're right. They're right if you're going to work within the system. And I think that's the problem is that Chazelle and Stone, their character, the director and Emma's character, Mia, are they represent an indictment of the current system. Which I think you see in the montage of her uh, auditions later on. You follow my rules or you follow my rules. <laughs> when she's doing like all the, the stupid best. TV auditions. I love that montage. It's Dangerous Minds meets the OC. <laughs> because Emma Stone is a great actress. Like, you enjoy this movie so much more if you read it as a comedy. Yeah. Well, like, I, it is a it comedy. Is. It, when you get down to it, it's a rom-com with like a somewhat wistful ending. Yeah. And I, I think, I wish Emma was still making is making more comedies. You Me know, because I, I think. What has she even made recently? I don't. Maybe she's break. Maybe she's not on break. I think she does best at those roles that mix like dramatic premises with comic sensibilities. So like I think about the daughter, the drug addict daughter in Birdman, who's like got the driest wit of Man. everybody. And, and like tries to fuck Ed, Edward Norton. Like I think about that yeah. all the time. I think my favorite. Well, I mean, there's of course the someone like you sketch where she's crying into her ice cream on SNL. <laughs> Though, if I'm being completely honest, wait, is she boys for Wells or whatever? Wells for boys. Wells for boys, Wells for boys <laughs> is one of my favorite SNL sketches of all time, and maybe my favorite Emma Stone performance. Man. Maybe it's not for you. But I have seen The Rocker, which she's in as the bassist, and she's very good. I have not seen that. Did you that. ever see The Rocker? No. Teddy oh. Geiger, uh, Josh Gad, Emma Stone, Rain Wilson. Josh Gad? Josh Gad has a garage band. His uh, his uncle, Rain Wilson, was in a, in a working band. 
And he gets you has to what? move in and live in the house with them. I might have seen part of this. I think I fell asleep. I think I tried to make you watch it. And yeah, it like didn't. this was like early this in our relationship. Is, yeah, this was iconic for me in high school because I I just genuinely enjoyed it and I had a crush on Emma Stone. You guys can't can you hear my eyes rolling, everyone? But I mean, let's think about Easy A too. Yeah, the way that Emma Stone works physically in comedy, I think, because what's the thing that everyone remembers about that? It's the pocket full of sunshine sequence where she's like playing with the card the whole time and singing in the shower. So she like puts her whole body into it. Yeah. Which like a lot of actors do, but I don't think anyone does it to as great effect comedically as maybe Emma Stone does. Like a lot of like you you hear about Joaquin Phoenix's physical dramatic performances, which fine. Fine. I wish we hadn't Listen, watched the Oscars. His son is his son is named River. It's kind of adorable. Oh, but um that is sweet. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that Emma has, like, quietly been killing the game for years. Yeah. And, I and love she her. hasn't gotten enough recognition for that. Well, I mean, she won Best Actress for this movie. Before the Oscar, she Before, hadn't gotten enough yeah. recognition for that. Well, I think she was I think popular. that's probably why she decided to it's, do this movie. It's like her and Amy Adams, honestly. Man. No, can, Amy can Adams. I believe she, like, didn't even win for, like, Sharper Objects? Or Sharp Objects? Ugh. What a what a mini series. Well, now that we talk about Emma, can we talk about Gene Kelly in the other corner? Listen, <laughs> I've seen Gene Kelly, and you, Ryan Gosling, are no Gene Kelly. <gasps> they Not want true. they want to be like Fred and Ginger in that scene. Yeah. I think that that's what they're going for, and it they're Emma is a better dancer than Ryan. You think so? I, I, th- I don't know. I think so, but I think that she maybe was lower on lowered down to his level a little bit. What? I don't know. I think the opposite. But I, I think, I think it was a fun sequence. So um. And I, I, I was okay. I was surprised at how well both of them did, forgetting that Ryan Gosling's been dancing and singing his whole life. But oh, true. I always forget Mickey that he Mouse was in Club. the Mickey Mouse Club. Do you ever just think about well, we weren't how, really around for it. How much of a generation of celebrities came out of the Mickey Mouse Club? Like, yeah, all of the early two thousands. Britney, ones. Yep. Justin, mm-hmm. God, Mickey Mouse Club fucked some people up, didn't it? Like, oof. Anyway, do you ever think about how we could have had Ryan Gosling as Anakin Skywalker? Probably. I like. I honestly, can I can I give a controversial oh, opinion right now? God. We, we watched a little bit of Return of the Jedi last night, uh-huh. and having watched, like, Luke in the opening, like, 30 minutes of that, I've come around on Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker performance. Can we Can we not... go one episode without talking about Star Wars? No. <laughs> I'm on this podcast. It's like asking me not to talk about superheroes Here's on That's the, the Facts. I don't even think it's really about Hayden Christensen. I think it's the writing. Oh, it 100% is. And the directing. It wasn't good. Yeah. But it got Natalie Portman where she needed to go. Yes, so it did. I guess that's the one plus. Thank you for Natalie Portman. And Ewan McGregor. Yes. And those are the only two good things from the prequels. Um, Might I interest you in Dexter Jetster, the owner of the diner? Excuse me? Might I interest you in Mace Windu? Might I interest you in Yaddle or Kiati Mundi? Okay, well, anyway, so in La La Land. (laughs) Okay, Ryan Gosling's character, Seb, is... mm, He's got problems. He got problems. I think... I think Emma Stone's character... Done no wrong, does no wrong. She is pure, she's good. She's trying very hard, and she's just discouraged. She is in the grip of nostalgia a little bit. But she recognizes that that doesn't have to color her interactions with L.A., you know? Yeah. And she recognizes eventually that she can do her own thing and move on from, move on from it as a means to get to the other thing, you know? Ryan Gosling's character <laughs> takes things too literally, gets too trapped in the nostalgia factor, and gives up too easily. How many times have we heard this story, though? It's pretty realistic. <laughs> um, Ryan, he self-sabotages all the time. Yeah. 
Now, granted, would I also be sick of playing cheery, jaunty Christmas tunes in a steakhouse? Oh. And want to jazz it up just a little bit? God, is that not relatable? But I also <laughs> think that no steakhouse in the world wouldn't let you jazz up your Christmas right? tunes. Right? What kind of horrible J.K. Place Simmons, is this? Tenzin wouldn't. Well, Tenzin might do that. <laughs> but it's that's it's like the jazzy Christmas is a yeah, it's an a entire thing. thing. It's an entire thing. It's. <laughs> Plot hole. Damien Chazelle doesn't know about Jazzy Christmas. Also, something that's kind of silly. His Wh- sister. It doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Well, I mean, it, she's supposed to be parallel to him. She's like the, the well-adjusted sibling. Like, later on, he's, oh, playing come piano. On. he's playing piano at her wedding. Here's the thing. <laughs> Not every family has one great sibling and one horrible sibling. Like, that's such a horrible trope. It is a bad trope. It might be a little... Tr- maybe it is a little I true. I mean, for some families, I will say... In my family, both siblings are pretty well adjusted considering our various mental health issues. Uh-huh. Hi, Katie. I know you're listening uh-huh. to the podcast right Is now. She? I love you. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, I think that she represents someone who's like pushing him to move on and maybe, I don't know, gets to him a little bit before it. But it, it's kind of dumb because it's like, It's almost saying he needed someone to love to get him out of his shell. But, like, it's not a woman's responsibility to fix a man! Mm -hmm. And I would argue she doesn't fix him. He tries to fix himself for her, but that shouldn't be why. He should be fixing himself for himself. And then, hmm, this is the the argument that the movie centers on, I think. Like, that's the turning point in the movie. It's stupid. It's a dumb argument. It's what? like, well, the one where she, where where he's like, she's he's like, well, we got a tour so we, you can make the ex, next album so that we can tour again. She's like, yeah, but is that what you want? And it's like, yes, because we want to build the jazz club. But Obviously, she's like, she's like, but is that getting you closer to building your jazz club? Yes. <laughs> I don't understand her argument. But, but you see, but then, but it does come with an undercurrent of him saying like. The jazz club was a dream, and I don't think we're going to get there. Even though she's in the middle of, like, planning her one-woman show and writing it. Mm-hmm. Which is her her way of pursuing her dreams. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like she's saying, well, how can you have made me and, like, told me I need to be doing this when you're not doing it for yourself, in a way. But at the same time, she has a reaction to the to the touring band and to John Legend um, that is just <laughs> rude. stupid and rude. <laughs> now... And this, this is also where the movie falls apart a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Because sure, he wants to own a jazz club, but he is also primarily a musician. And like, honestly, we spent, we talked with some of our friends last night, not even about this, but even just from the conversation that we were having, a lot of our friends are musicians. They would give anything to have a regular job as a touring musician. Yeah. Where they could actually like support themselves and like still be able to do what they love for their work. Anyone would go for that. But, like, of all our friends, no one has ever been able to jump just to doing music. You have to do something else to, like, live. Exactly. (laughs) But, and the thing is, the implication here is that the band was big enough that he could live on that. You know? The band was that popular. And the band was, let me just say, they exaggerated how poppy it was, I think. Yeah, I, I would the, too. Like the thing is, the song is maybe one of the best on. They're all good. Maybe my music taste is trash, but I would but bop like, to that. It was, it's it's like that new jazz, like yeah. like we said before. It's kind of like snarky puppy, but like with pop vocals. Yeah, and that's you know what? That's I mean, that John Legend's character literally makes me. He's like, you want to save jazz, but you're not changing with the times. And it and and I think Ryan Gosling is like convinced by that argument at least a little bit. He's like. This is where jazz is going. You have to meet the people where they are. Yeah. Like, and I think if, like, we went to that snarky puppy show, and some of it does have, like, is, like, riffy and poppy, but then some of it goes hard. I mean, like, just think about Pharrell's happy. I mean, that's, like, almost the same thing. It's 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 almost, it's a gateway. Yeah. Like, like there is gateway jazz. It's thing. It's better than, like... Like, what about, and, like, like, Anderson Pack? Or And, like, I think the point that they make, they're, like, almost comparing this to, like, 
they're like saying almost like it's as bad as like the smooth jazz cha- channels or something like that. Like they were talking about, like Emma says, there was a jazz station and people just put it on in background music at the party. And I'm like, what do you think classical music was? Is party music? Yeah, exactly. Background party and, music. First, and first of all, and then there's her listening to the to the jazz coming out of the uh, music in the restaurant with her awful boyfriend and his brother. Oh, I, Indonesia. One word, that? Indonesia. Are you are you saying that for like the subtitles? N- no. Or it's what's just, the place called? Well, the that's the the system. It, it that's what it was like marketed as, like Muzak. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the thing that you hear in like grocery stores and stuff. Oh like that. Oh my god. And it's like, ooh, ooh. <sighs> I. I'm just, this movie doesn't know what it's trying to say about jazz, but it seems to come around and be like, you know what jazz is? It's a piano, it's a bass, it's sometimes a guitar, but only on clean tones. It's it's drums, and it's horns, and that's it. I don't, what? Miles Davis did fusion? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It's, 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 it's exclusionary. Yeah. And it's like there is there's a whole world out there. Like like you know what? I don't think Ryan Gosling would like Tom Mish. I don't think he would. And that is one of the coolest, really? jazziest albums that I've heard in forever. Mm-hmm. Or like Moses Boyd, maybe Moses Boyd because he's got like the tuba bass going on, but like oh But based on his um character design, he only listens to old jazz. In his old he like, car. He like valorizes like in the Carmichael, old club that he's going to revamp. Like, uh, Miles Davis, the Charlie stool. Parker, and it's it's like because he he's stuck. Yeah. And the movie, mm, the movie can't decide if that's a good or a bad thing, and I think it lands somewhere in between because this movie has no thesis. Uh, but at the same I'm time, I'm getting so frustrated. Okay, okay, but I kind of like that in a way, because some of the best movies are ones where there's not one straight takeaway message. It's like this is a snapshot of life. Oh no, I agree. Or or like even something like that with, well, like I think we we saw Emma by Pablo Lorraine, and I don't know if there is like one snapshot no. takeaway because it's a t- it's basically a tone piece. Life messed up. It's a the- poem. Like it's. You don't know what you're supposed to take away, but this movie acts like it does have a takeaway. But do you know what my one of my favorite parts is? Mm. So after she's at the restaurant with her fiance, who she's like, I can't deal with these lame people anymore, and she goes to meet him at the movie theater, the magic of the movies brings them together, and I think that's adorable. And yes, and that's, that's where the movie doesn't lose me and gets me back on track, because even when the, cause when the uh, film projector burns, the, burns out, they're like, well, you know what we could do? We could just go to the location. Oh. And then they have that incredible celestial dance sequence. And that's like all the dreamy stuff, all the like stuff where it takes you out of like the day-to-day functionings and gears is like, I love it. Like I like the tap sequences. I like the dance sequences. I really do like the dream ballet of what could have been later on. Like, yeah. And I think... Let me let me say it. I think Justin Hurwitz, the composer and songwriter, is what keeps this movie together. Like this movie doesn't work without the music, even if the vocals are mixed low. Right. But because I think we've especially, been singing those songs for the past two weeks. Exactly. Like, I've listened to the soundtrack yeah. independently. I'm like, it's very good. Do, do I think City of Stars should have beaten How Far I'll Go? No. And it does give but, you, like, singing in the rain, like, American in Paris vibes. Like, yeah, like, the old clearly, like, Hollywood Gershwin songs. influence. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's fun. Like, and I, the piano is recorded so nicely. Like, mm-hmm. this, the piano in this movie, I love it. I love the score. Like, Mia and Sebastian's theme, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da. And when the sweeping strings come in, I never realized ooh. how per like it plays off as very Parisian, and that's like her whole goal is to go like, to like the, Paris. The, yes, because she's like rom- thinking about like her aunt's time in the theater troupe. No, which like, is like the bougiest thing. But, but, then, but then it's also like you hear teases of the other songs earlier in the movie mm-hmm. when he's like practicing piano or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 all like hidden in the score and comes back around, which is. Mm. The most cohesive part of this yeah. movie. Justin Hurwitz, <laughs> man. Justin Hurwitz. Uh, 
it's so good musically that even the song that's supposed to be oh this is a ba- kind of like kind of like uh in a star is born when like why would you do that is like supposed to be <laughs> oh look at this cheesy pop that she's doing when it's a banger you know <laughs> Yeah. Like, why would you do that, do that, do that, do that, do that to me? Why do you look so good in those jeans? <laughs> Why'd you come around me with an ass like that? <laughs> this is Man. not, not like me. I'm both sad and relieved that we don't have that movie. Yeah, that movie sent me, movie sent me in like a weird spiral for like two weeks. Because I came into it not knowing the actual plot of the original Star is Born movies. And I'm like, oh... Oh. Oh, that happened? Oh. I think about Sam Elliott's, like, crying face as he's backing out of the driveway. Man. Ugh. Anyway, okay, back well, to... But, but you get some of the... But, well, speaking of perfor- those emotional performances, you do get that, that out of Ryan and Emma, but you also get, like, comedy running around those emotions. Like, the photo shoot scene. Maybe bite your lip there a little bit. Piano man. <laughs> That was hilarious. Well, play something, you're a penis, ain't you? <laughs> but, okay, even though he misses her performance, like, I feel like it's the worst thing he could have done. But at the same time, it's like, when you get so into something and you feel like it's an obligation, I'm someone who has a hard time saying, like, no, I can't do this, or, like, this is something I feel like I need to do. So it's, like, Ooh, can, kind can, of relatable. Can, can I relitigate something real quick uh-uh, from no. our personal life? Mm-mm. Nope. From our Mm-mm. personal life? Nope. We gotta keep going. Bethany took a test the night before our wedding and didn't come home. And when she could have asked her professors, hey, I'm getting married the next day. Um, so can I maybe no, like, take this early? Considering someone's like grandpa died, they were she brought she like asked them and they were like, well, he died two days ago. So that's enough time for you to um, still take the test on this day. So I don't think a wedding would have counted, but we're not going to re- Anyway. Yeah, Bethany is someone who is hesitant to cancel anything. I will cancel at the drop of a hat if I've got something. And I will try to do ten things. I'm that person in the sitcom that tries to go to, like, ten parties in one night because, like, they were, t- <laughs> like, people asked them to and, like, it'd be so great if you so, so here's the question. In our relationship, who's the me and who's the Sebastian? Now I know literally I'm, I'm the, the Sebastian. I know literally I'm the Sebastian because of no, my middle I'm name. No, I'm the Sebastian. But you are the Sebastian, and I am the Mia. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm a grumpy pianist who plays bad jazz. Violinist. <laughs> yeah, I don't play the but piano. But it, it is relatable though, because like, I'm the one who's like, I feel like. Seb is more interested in like bringing jazz out to everybody than he is like per- performing yeah. necessarily himself. Like he enjoys consume, which is why the club is his end goal. Whereas Mia is like, I do live for the performance in a. Mia is, I think, more performative than he is. Yeah, like which is why he. God, can we talk about the the party? He hates that gigging job playing the synth, the 80 synths. I just, I relate so hard to these bad the gigs. The physical performance where he's just got like the flat face playing the guitar and Emma's just like dancing like, the hell out my of My mom it. told me I had to come here and play for these old people and I, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm, and, and I'm just there living for it. Like, oh, I have an opportunity to do something. Yes, I'm going to take it as... When you've Probably played Jingle Bells ten times in one day, <laughs> and you will have to play walking around a country club with your violin. Mm. Uh, I feel like this, I mean, we're conflicted. That's that's how this movie makes me feel. Yeah. Very conflicted. Which is very real. Because I, I do feel those emotions, but at the same time I get done with it and I'm just like, the straights, you know? <laughs> Like in that last scene where it's been what three years? Oh no! I and she I has hate, a kid. I hate it. You it's, you you hate her ugh. life in that last scene, right? Like it would be better if she was just like by herself. Yeah, because that wasn't her goal. That wasn't what she. Okay, it's not. If she's not, in love with the guy for that thing goal. you do, and like. <laughs> oh my god, he's so old too. It's just like the whole. It's like they're trying to do all of the Hollywood tropes in one movie. Like we can leave some out. Like, it's like she can be single. She's allowed yeah, to be single. Why does she have and to? And still not want to return to that relationship. It's why like, couldn't he have a 
girlfriend. He didn't need one. But what if he won? But what if he did and we didn't see her? I don't know. It's true. I... Oh, when but, he's making that breakfast in his new kitchen that looks all nice. Yeah, I like that. I like that, like, the amount of left unsaid that there is. Yeah. But I also... There's a lot left unsaid for Seb, but they feel the need to fill in Mia with the, like, <sighs> mm, 2.5... It's one kid, but still... Wait, okay. Like, five years later, but the kid's already, like, three? Two or three. That yeah. means, like, immediately, when yes. she got that role, it almost seems like a... Mm. What? Oh. Like, uh, just to make sure Are I stay you... in star power, I'm going to marry this guy and have his kid. Oh, I thought you were implying huh? that maybe that was Ryan Gosling's kid. <gasps> what if this, what if we Whoa. just blew this movie wide open? Man, no, it's with no. With the consideration. Okay. I don't think so. And then we have the American in Paris Dream Ballet, which is perfect. It makes you so sad. It works so well. Exactly. You're like, man, I really wish this was the ending, even though it's like a... But that's Fake. the point. That's the point, is that it's it's both an indictment and a valorization of L.A. Ugh. But I also like the idea that you have, like, many, like, ways that you can, like, live your life. Yeah. I really like that idea. That it's not like, whatever you pick is what you live, but, like, there's also, like, you could have chosen this. <laughs> no, I think the Dream Ballet works. It, it almost doesn't work. It almost doesn't work because it almost feels out of place. But I think it works because you had the audition song with the lights going down and because you had the celestial dance sequence. So, like, there's enough stuff where they break the reality a little bit. Oh, and they use the same props that were in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, exactly. That was a really cool, like, full circle thing, too. So structurally, structure structure the movie, I love. I love that it's, like, the four seasons going it's, through. It's, oh, yeah. That yeah. is a really funny part, too, because in L.A. all the seasons are so basically the same. the same. It's just hotter in the summer. And they have confetti snow in the winter. Yes, I think that's cute. <laughs> mm, I think the dance, the choreography, yeah. and like the way that the choreography is filmed is really... Like, visually, the movie works so well. The story frustrates Could me. Could use some help. I, I like the core of it, but that's because the core of it has been told so many times. Yeah. And because it goes for those broad emotions it still does get me yeah like i feel emotions when i watch this movie a lot of them (laughs) but mm, it frustrates me this is one of the most frustrating movies that we own i think yeah (laughs) uh but frustrating movies make for fun episodes (laughs) We never went to the concession stand, but I honestly think we've just blown through everything that we could say. But still, regardless, why don't we go get a little bit of popcorn? Hi, I'm Daniel, Game Master of the actual play podcast, No Dice. Join magic assholes Ixen. There's a score between me and doors, and so far, doors are zero. Perry. They definitely have a lot of daggers happening. They're, they're hiding in various spaces. Sayersha. I always love getting stories from adventurers. I, I really wish I could just have, you know, one of my own. And a whole host of guest players. You can find No Dice on the first Friday of every month on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or PocketPodcastNetwork.com. So we did something different recently, right? Um, that we've been meaning to for a while and finally tried, right? Are you talking about skydiving? No, uh, no thank you. No, never. I'm talking about getting Artemis's flea meds through Chewy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a bit of a flea moment here, as you tend to in Georgia, because it's very warm out it's here. It's always flea season. Exactly. So we gave the dogs a good wash and we realized, oh no, we haven't bought their flea meds yet. So we decided for once, after, you know, paying a lot of money at the vet for them, that we would try to find them through Chewy. Well, and if you don't want to get those nice little COVID germs. Exactly. Exactly. So it was so easy. We just found the meds that Artemis needed. They had them divided by weight class, and we were able to just order them through Chewy, give them our vet's office, and they fulfilled the prescription for us. We didn't even need to send them a PDF or a prescription or anything. Yeah, super easy. And then it came right to our door. Exactly. They ship for free over $49, and they're able to set up auto ship, which saves us even more money. 
because you can save 30% on your first auto ship order with an extra 5 to 10% on every single ship after that. And because this is a monthly dosage, we actually know how much we're going to need to get for Artie at any given time. Yeah, and now we don't have to worry about her missing it because it'll come right to our door. Exactly. Again, that's four ninety five flat rate shipping or free shipping on orders over $49. To check it out, go to bit.ly slash ChewyPPN. That's bit.ly slash C-H-E-W-Y-P-P-N. All right, we have already discussed the colors, but do you want to have a very small fashion corner? Sure. Dedicated entirely to the photo shoot look. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about that piano key tie. Oh, no. Biting the lip underneath the sunglasses. (laughs) I'm making the face at Bethany right now. Like, if... (laughs) I mean, you don't have to watch this movie, but if you're going to watch any part of this movie, definitely watch the photo shoot scene in the back half. Well, and the little get-ups they get for the um, the pool gig. Oh, yeah. Well, because they're all They're in 80s, colors. like, windbreakers. Oh, and the, yes. It's adorable. And the keytar. Anytime they make Ryan Gosling wear a ridiculous outfit, it's hilarious, is, is the lesson. Because he movie. can wear anything. He can pull it off, but he still looks funny. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and the... Oh, the shoes that they both have. The wing, wing tip? Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the wingtip tap shoes. Um, Adorable. Yes, and her dress in that, mm-hmm. that scene, in all the dance scenes. Like, it's good costuming. It's fun costuming. And, like, that's the thing. I think the air of this movie is overall pretty fun, especially in the musical scenes, with just, you know, brief breaks for emotional devastation. <laughs> with that in mind... Is it time to rate? I think it is time to rate. Hmm. Hoagie Carmichael stools. I was going to go with observatories. (laughs) You do that one, I'll do mine. How many exploding projectors? (laughs) Okay, um... This is fraught. This is, like, hard. This is hard to do. But, like... But like, if I if I have to have to have to rate it's it, part of the show, yeah, it is part of the show. It is an <laughs> integral part of our format. Three point five, three point five, 3.5. I'm sticking to the half star rating. It is more than a middle of the road movie. It is one that I really like. It frustrates the hell out of me. But sometimes you want a movie to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it a lot. I don't recommend it to everyone, though. I do need to make my dad watch it at some point because I think he really would like it. It's it's good. It's fun. 3.5. What do you rate it? All right. I'm going with my instinct here. You're going to be surprised. Uh, I don't know that I am. 3.92. I knew you were going to rate it higher than me. <laughs> that, well, I think that's right for you. I think it's not quite a four. It, it feels wrong because it's clearly lacking some of the good, good content that it probably would need. Mm-hmm. But also, it's so pretty and actually pretty well thought, like, put together. Yeah, the script just needed some more work. Yeah. And, and I think you genuinely do get a lot of joy from it. Yeah. And isn't that what we want when we go to the movie show? <laughs> Feeny, Feeny agrees. It's about the joy. It's about the chipmunks out the window that you watch on the screen. It's about the squeaker toy that makes you tilt your head. Or your busy bee. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a wreck. Uh, I don't know if I've wrecked this just unbidden yet, but... Genuinely, I think HBO Max might be the best streaming service for movies oh in a God. long time. <laughs> and we watched Best in Show on Friday night, and it was so much fun. That's just... It's... Get past movies. the first five minutes, because that one is hard to watch. The, the therapy scene. Yes, it's But then once very the, reveal, the reveal at the end of it is very good. Just, it's a good movie... It's a fun movie, and there are a lot of good movies like that. You know, we've got an extra um, piece of fun for you guys this week, actually. Ooh, are we going to do it? We're going to do it. So, back when this came out, 
I think I had literally gotten a nice turntable within the last year. So, of course, I ordered the uh, La La Land soundtrack on vinyl. And I accidentally ordered it twice. So, sitting on our shelf is an unopened La La Land vinyl. And you will see more information about this on our Twitter when we post this episode on Wednesday. But we are going to attempt to give away that vinyl. We will have rules for the giveaway up on Twitter. It will probably involve some combination of following, liking, and retweeting to uh, the as episode. You do. As, as you do for a giveaway. As you typically do for a giveaway. So if you want a shiny, new, never unopened, opened. Unopened La La Land vinyl, which has a pretty good mix, in my opinion, and is great for like when you're in the middle of the day and need to pick me up, keep an eye on our Twitter, which is at homeviewingpod. And, you know, while you're there, you should follow all the other PPN shows on Twitter. Shows like... Green Mountain Mysteries. Sorted. Thumbs the Fags. No Dice. You named mine for once. I feel weird. I'm like one of two people on the network who's on two shows. Recently, it was International Podcast Day. And I think it was a nice reminder of just how talented our network is and, like, how many cool shows we've got going on it. Yeah, yeah. There's one. There's not any that I wouldn't recommend. I've listened to all of them, actually. Yeah, same here. And, like, sometimes sometimes you just want to binge all of them at once, and I feel like Green Mountain Mysteries is really great mm-hmm. for that. Or No Dice, if you really want I mean, to find out what's going on with those magic assholes. If you're anything like us, you probably still have some extra free time. And I personally can tell you that pretty much every podcast on the network is a good companion for doing dishes or yard work or like <laughs> and any manual all, labor. They've all got goofs. They've so. all got goofs. They're all going to entertain you. So definitely spend some time getting to know the network. Our theme music is by... The Organ Machines. It's Oil Waves off of Parallels, their first EP, which you can find literally wherever you stream music mm-hmm. or if you want to buy it from them directly on Bandcamp. So until next time... When we will be watching Ladybird to start off our Greta Gerwig double feature. I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Don't buy too many Blu rays. It's don't buy any more DVDs. It's never how you knew it. Nobody was sad at that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.